Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Hey, good morning, everybody. Let's come to our feet, put our hands together, give praise to God this morning. Come on. Make some noise for the Lord. If you're joining us at home, we want you to worship along with us. Come on. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. Sets our hearts ablaze. Let's sing that again, church. Even louder. Come on. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the feet away. Come on, church. There is a peace that settles around us.
more time. Lift it up. South Valley, how are we doing this morning? Oh man, y'all so pretty. Y'all pretty, in-person pretty, online pretty, all pretty. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. It's a beautiful day to be able to celebrate that, and we're just so grateful that we can do it together. And, and we also understand that Mother's Day, that brings a range of emotions in this room. You know, every person that walks in here, every person that views online with us understands that there's a story behind that, behind that heart 
and when there's a heart, there can be hurt. And we know that there are many of you who are celebrating today uh, in different ways, many of you who are full of joy, and others, honestly, who are maybe full of grief and are feeling just a, a little bit different about the day and, and what it means. And we just want you to know that we love you and that our, our amazing, loving Father, he loves you and wants everything for you and is for you. And if we as a church can, can do anything, we, we would just absolutely love to pray for you. And so uh, if you wouldn't mind, just svcclamore.org, that's our website, slash prayer. Or go to the uh, Church Center app, and we would just love to offer um, just the, the means to be able to pray for you. And so uh, that being said, we, we just have so much uh, to joy to share and love to share in the day. Uh, on your way out today, we hope that you will visit the photo booth that we have, the self-service one, just over there in the chapel foyer. It's a great setup. Use the hashtag, tag us. Uh, and who knows, we might, you know, put y'all on the, the, the site and just be able to celebrate with you in that way. We got child dedications today, which is going to be wonderful. Uh, child dedication, folks, as uh, in a little bit, we're going to be showing a Mother's Day video, and that would be your cue to make your way on up to the stage with all of the, the goodness that you're going to be dedicating today. So make sure those bows are right, those bow ties are right, and all of that. Uh, but we'll be getting to that in a moment. Um, and many of you might be here for the first time, viewing online, being here in person. You might be with us as a guest. We're, we're so glad that you're here, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you won't mind filling out a Connect card, we have the ones in person, or you can also do the ones that are online. Uh, we'll put the, we do have it up there for you to be able to fill out, and we'll reach out to you, and we just want to be a resource to you as you grow in your relationship with God and as you seek that fellowship. Uh, we have a lot of things coming up here pretty soon, and uh, one of the things that we just want you to know is all those things that you can sign up for uh, through the Church Center app. And so if you haven't done th that, make sure you download it or just go to our website, svcclamore.org, and click on register at the top. We have baptisms that are coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and so we just want to make sure that the kids are prepared for that. This next week, we have our first step baptism class for kids happening from 1030 to 1230 uh, here in the morning. And we are just so excited to have that available. Uh, make sure your kids, if they're interested in knowing more about baptism, sign up for that. And then the following week is Baptism Sunday, the 23rd. And we have that available both services. And so 9 a.m., 1045 a.m. If that's something you're interested in, please hit us up on uh, the website. Hit up the Next Steps uh, portion of the website or on the Church Center app. You can do that too. Also, the 23rd is Rooted Celebration Sunday. If you have participated in Rooted, uh, it is an amazing experience. If you finished it, uh, we want to be able to celebrate that in person. We hadn't been able to do that. And so I've sent a couple emails out uh, for you on that information. So if you uh, are interested in doing that or maybe you're just maybe have some questions about it. Just hit me up, respond to that email, take a look on social media too, and on uh, the Church Center, we have that available. And then before we get uh, to the remainder of the service, just a couple things. We, between now, Mother's Day and Father's Day, we, every year, we participate in uh, Changing Babies, which is an excellent um, effort to help support the Crossroads Pregnancy Center. Uh, it's an amazing ministry that we get to partner with uh, to support mothers who are in, in need in, as they take on something that's extremely uh, taxing. And a lot of the cases in that particular ministry, a lot of those mothers are on their own. And so we are... Uh, um, providing uh, baby bottles for you to fill with your loose change or anything that uh, you would like to give, you can give that way or you can visit Crossroads Pregnancy Center online 
and you'd be able to uh, support that way. But between Mother's Day and then turning them back in on Father's Day uh, is just an effort that we can potentially, you know, be a blessing. And we want to be a blessing, right? We want to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in every aspect that we can. And so uh, that being said, giving is also still available. We'll put the options in front of the screen. Just this helps us to be able to provide for ministries such as the Crossroads Pregnancy Center. So many ministries in addition to just the general function here at SVCC. So that said, y'all, we are going to get into this very special and beautiful video that we have in store for you. And uh, child dedication, folks, this is your cue to bring everybody up on here. We'll line you up on the stage and get the party going. Thank you so much for coming, y'all. We're so glad that y'all are here. I'm so bored. I wish I had something to do. (sighs) Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look. An empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed. You're just going to sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull on our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're gonna be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Ah! Fight, fight, fight! The floor of this vehicle is so clean, I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Hey, I'm gonna hop in the shower. Does somebody wanna come use the bathroom while I'm in here? Good morning. This thing on? Yes, it's on. Wow. They told me three had registered. (laughs) God takes great delight in children. Uh, One of his greatest gifts that he gives to us are children. The Bible tells us in in Psalm 127, uh, beginning in verse 3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage of the Lord, the fruit of of the womb is his reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. A quiver generally held between 20 and 30 arrows. You guys are getting to get with the program. All right? Because children are a gift from the Lord, 
it's at times like this, it's just sort of natural for Christian parents to want to bring their children and kind of make a public uh, commitment to raising them in a way that honors Christ. Children were brought in the Gospels to Jesus and He put His hands on them and prayed for them and blessed them. And it's in the same way that you folks come today saying, we, we want God's hand of blessing on our family. And so we're bringing our children, saying, we want to commit ourselves as, as, as parents. Uh, do we have any grandparents up here today? I don't know if any of you had grandparents join them. But even grandparents are part of that process and, and families to help raise these children in the fear of the Lord. I want to call your attention to a passage out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, every opportunity that you have, make sure you're showing and telling your children about the Lord, about how important He is. There is no higher calling for parents than to teach their children about Jesus. Amen? Amen. The best things that moms and dads can do is to bring up their children uh, to fear the Lord because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, the successful application of all that this child will learn depends on him first learning to how to fear and reverence and follow the Lord God. So I'd urge you parents to love God with every ounce of your fiber and being because more than teaching them, you're going to show them how to love God. You're going to teach them by doing it yourselves, right? You're coming forward before God and His people today. So do you hereby declare your desire to dedicate yourself and your child to the Lord? If so, please respond by saying, we do. Having come freely, I ask you that you enter into the following commitment in the presence of God and His people so that your son or daughter may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, do you parents now vow by God's help and in partnership with the church to provide your child a, with a Christian home uh, demonstrating love and peace? Do you hereby commit yourself to raise them in the truth of the Lord's instruction and to discipline and to encourage them to one day trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? If so, say we do. Finally, I want to ask you, church family, why don't you stand with me just for the moment? I want to direct something towards you. As believers in the body of Christ, we have a responsibility to teach the gospel of Christ. We have the responsibility to share the gospel story to our younger generation. In fact, the Old Testament prophet Joel commands us to tell of God's work. He says, to, to, to your children, 
tell, tell, tell God's work to your children and to your children's children and let your children tell it to their children and those children to the next generation. It just keeps on going. So we have a commitment. Being here today, present in God's house, do you hereby declare yourselves to be the children of God because you yourself have trusted in Christ alone for forgiveness of sin and the gift of eternal life? If this is true, please respond by saying, we do. Having come freely, I ask now that you make the following commitment before God and those who stand before you. So that these children may walk in the abundant life that Jesus Christ offers. Do you hereby vow by God's help to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ to help these parents be faithful to God and help teach and train their children in ways that, so that the Lord might one day bring them to Himself if you accept this responsibility, please respond by saying, we do. You may be seated. We're going to begin at this end. And as, as, uh, when, when I'm finished with one of you, you go back and stand. And then in the next couple, and just, we're just going to meet all up here, okay? That, everybody understand? It's probably going to be the best way to handle this. So why don't you folks come forward? And uh, am I forgetting something, John? No. Okay. You look really good. <laughs> I told John, this is the first time I've done this in 20 years. Something's going to go wrong. Frank, just so that we are on the same page, we will now watch the video of these beautiful children as we dedicate them. There you go. <laughs>
just said that God is worthy of praise in all circumstances. Amen. And God is an amazing God. So we're going to worship again. We're going to raise the roof for the Lord. We've got some worship going on. You ready to worship the Lord together again?
church leading up to this weekend Mother's Day is a special day that we celebrate mothers in our lives and uh, like Marcus said you know there's many feelings about that across the whole spectrum it's a celebration some of us have some difficult moments some of us have lost our mothers and, and we have a, a memorial time of remembering them but the reality is being a mother is difficult amen it is a hard thing to do so as we go into this time, as we close worship this morning, we want to sing this prayer, this over you, just as a reminder that God is with you. God is guiding you. God is for you. You are not alone. So when you face those difficulties in life, when you're being a mom and you're like, I cannot handle this, you're at wit's end, let this blessing touch your heart and remind you that, hey, God has got it. God created you with every gift you need to be able to lead your children. So in this time, join with us as we sing, or maybe you just take this into your heart. Maybe there's something you're struggling with this morning, and let this just wash over you and allow it to be a blessing to each and every one of you this morning.
adore you this morning. We give you so much praise for everything you're doing, Lord. What a celebration to see children coming, families coming, asking to be guided by your hand throughout their life, Lord, dedicating their lives to want to walk in the light and live for you, Lord. We give you praise for every mother, Lord, that has impacted our life for the special gift they are, Lord. We do pray a blessing that your peace may rest upon them, Lord, that you may guide them every day of their life, that you may light their path and help them be the best example of who you are to the world around them, to their families, to their children. Lord, we pray for this service, that you would just move, move in hearts that are watching online, move in hearts here, Lord. As we look into your word, speak powerfully through your message, Lord, and again, draw people to you. We look for life change this morning. We give you praise for being the God who provided his son for each and every one of us as a sacrifice to come back to you pray that we would acknowledge that and that there is one heart that doesn't know how precious they are, how much they are loved. They would be touched by you this morning. Their life would be changed. They would walk towards you and bow a knee and wanting to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. All honor, glory go to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. And I wish you again, happy Mother's Day. And if you happen to have reached that season in life where you are enjoying the emptiness, then happy day, mothers. <laughs> we went through that years ago. Teresa and I raised three children and just is something exciting, you know, about you raise children, you see them go off on their own and they become productive and begin living their lives and, and, and you know, they get married, go to college, whatever. When it came to our last one, Crystal, who sings up here on Sunday morning, she's our baby and very special, obviously, to daddy. And uh, I can remember she was the last one to leave and she left and Teresa and I, of course, you know, we, we mourned and it, uh, it took probably a full two minutes to get used to her being gone. <laughs> we have a couple of texts that we're going to look at this morning. I want you to open your Bibles to Exodus uh, chapter 2. Find Exodus chapter 2 and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at some parents who understood what it meant to parent by faith. Now, if you're there, um, we really need to start. If you're in chapter 2 of Exodus, you just need to go back one verse. Because I want to pick up a thought out of chapter 1, verse 22, which is the last verse of that chapter. Because it, you need to know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, here, here is a, as briefly as I can state it, the Hebrew people have been in Egypt for about 400 years. They have multiplied. Uh, they were a, a people initially favored by the Egyptian people and the Pharaoh, but after a few hundred years, they began to almost exceed in numbers 
in terms of population more than the Egyptians and the Pharaoh became very concerned that they're going to outnumber us and then if we have a battle, going to battle against an enemy, they will join. And, and so the, the whole thing starts off with just fear. And so what the Pharaoh does is he puts a death sentence on every newborn male child. You need to let that kind of sink in because this, this is a seriously a dark day in the lives of the Hebrew people. It says in verse 22, So Pharaoh commanded all of his people, saying, Every son who is born, speaking of the Hebrews, you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Basically giving the general populace of Egyptian people the right to break down the door, if they know a woman was pregnant, had a baby, they can do whatever is necessary to go in and take that baby, and if it's a male child, throw it in the river and drown it. Now, I think you would agree that's some pretty serious stuff. Now, with infanticide as the backdrop for the story, look at verse 1. A man of the house of Levi went and took a, as wife a daughter of Levi... So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of the Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked alongside the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Isn't this a great story? Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I'll give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew. And she brought him to the Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, because I drew him out of the water. Now, the parents of Moses were named Amram and Jochebed. You, you probably don't know that unless you've just really paid attention to the Old Testament couple of passages where that's mentioned. They really don't get a whole lot of billing, but they, they get mentioned here, and they get mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And that's what I want you to turn to now, because what I want us to look at is the New Testament commentary on what we just read in the Old Testament. So please find your way to Hebrews chapter 11, often called God's Hall of Fame or Hall of Faith. And there we see the mother of Moses is, is listed there. Actually, the, 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 the book of Hebrews uses parents. The Old Testament referred to, to her. Obviously, it was both of them. Amram was out building bricks and building cities under the, the taskmasters of the Egyptians. But Jochebed would be home with the three children. And so in the Old Testament, she's credited with it. But you get to the New Testament, uh, the writer of Hebrews 
talks about his parents, but it's particularly the mother who did these things. Now, having said that, verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, Amram and Jochebed, because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now I want to state something that I believe is absolutely true. You cannot possibly raise your children for the glory of God unless you're willing to practice biblical faith. Hebrews will go on to say, without faith it is impossible to please God. Now there are several things about that faith that I want you to see this morning Coming out of Hebrews 11, verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. Now, some of your Bibles will translate that word beautiful as, as proper. The, the New International Version really, I think, gets a, an idea of the word. It says he was no ordinary child. I think that explains it better because this isn't just sentimental stuff that a mother mother has when she sees that brand newborn all moms look at that wrinkly little red face thing and go it's the most beautiful baby in the world and I've I've kind of been there when right after babies were born and you know as a pastor you never want to lie <laughs> and so you go yeah that's a baby all right Every, every parent thinks their children are beautiful. It's, it's not that. Of course he's a, a good-looking kid, no doubt. He's no ordinary child. But she sees something extraordinary in him, and it was by faith when she saw him, we're, not, we're, not, we're going to hide this one. We are not going to let this one be taken. Now, where did she get this faith? What, what does it mean when it says that she saw the child was and we'll just use the word proper, beautiful, no ordinary child. What does that mean? It actually means that he was a fitting child. He was a suitable child. Um, fitting for what? Suitable for what? Well, there was little doubt in my mind, but that Jochebed and, and Amram knew the promises that God had made hundreds of years prior to this to a man by the name of Abram, who later became Abraham, where God told Abraham, I'm going to make you a nation, a great nation. And he tells Abraham, but they're going to be held captives in the land of Egypt. But then God told him, but I am going to deliver them, Abraham. I'm going to bring them out of the land after a certain amount of time. And that was an Old Testament promise. Listen, they, had, they knew that. That had been passed down from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all. They knew of this promise. And they believed it. They knew things were getting dark in Egypt like they had never known. It had never gotten as bad as it was at that particular moment in their history. 
At one time they, had, they lived with favor because of Joseph who was second only to the Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. But the Bible tells us that after Joseph, there was another Pharaoh that, that after Joseph passed, another Pharaoh rose up who did not know about Joseph. And the Egyptian people began to turn on the Hebrew people. It was a dark time for the Hebrew people. They knew about God's deliverance. And I think there was something resonating in their heart that it, if ever there was a time, it's time. I've had so many conversations with, with Christians over the last year with this whole mess we've gone through and what's going on in our world outside of, outside of the whole COVID pandemic. Just the things that are taking place in Israel and taking place in Russia. Pay attention to Russia and Turkey. When you see what's happening there, there's something inside you goes, Jesus is, is about to come back. Then things are lining up and there's an excitement and an exhilaration. And there's, a, and there's this say, you know, now more than ever, we need to be living out our life for Jesus Christ. He's going to come back. They're, they're in a similar place. They're, they're saying it's, it's, it's been getting worse and worse and worse. But now there's a government mandate to slaughter Newborn male children. How horrible is that? And they knew about God's promise. They believed here. I believe they thought Moses would grow up to be that man. Here is a suitable, here is a proper child. God, we're going to dedicate this child to you for you to use evidently. Because Moses apparently, he, he grew to a certain point living with mom. There was a, I don't know, we don't know what age it was where finally she took him and he became the Pharaoh's daughter's son. But in those early years, that's where you train children. While they're young, they can listen. She had told Moses evidently, God's going to use you to deliver his people from the oppressive state that we're in. I know that to be the case because if, if you go to Acts chapter 7... There's a man by the name of Stephen who was telling the story of Israel and he got to the part about Moses and he began to reiterate to the Jewish leaders that he was talking to the things about Moses. And here is what Stephen said about Moses, very insightful. For Moses supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And when Stephen says that, what he has just said was he had just told the story of how Moses was walking out and he saw an Egyptian physically abusing a Hebrew man and he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And he thought he would be a hero apparently, but the next day, a couple of Hebrew guys were fighting each other. And he said, why are you fighting each other? You're brothers. And they said, are you going to kill us and bury us in the sand like you did the Egyptian? Moses thought they would have understood. I'm the deliverer, man. And, and chances are, listen, chances are growing up in the Pharaoh's house as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, realistically Moses could have been in line for the throne. He very easily could have been the deliverer just from the standpoint he grows up, the Pharaoh dies, Moses takes over, and he eases the burden of the people. But Moses decided, I'm going to deliver the Hebrew people by killing one Egyptian at a time. And he supposed his brethren would have understood. So that tells me this, Moses grew up being told God's going to use you to deliver his Egypt or deliver the Hebrews out of Egypt. And he, he believed that, and, and that was in fact true of him. He just kind of got ahead of God and tried to do things his own way. Anybody here ever done that? 
Yeah. But if ever there was a time, if ever there was a need, this is the need, right? We're going to give our son to God to be the deliverer. They saw that he was a fitting child, a proper child. And in addition to that, they believed God's covenant promised to Abraham given hundreds of years before this. Folks, we need to saturate our souls, saturate our homes with the Word of God. You know why? Because the, the root of faith is the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God, right? Folks, we have so many homes that are disintegrating today, Christian homes, because they have hours of television, hours of video games, hours of every conceivable entertainment, but they don't have the Word of God central in their home. So many Christian homes are falling apart because they have a Bible, but it resides on a shelf instead of in one's self, right? It's been rightly said that a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to somebody who isn't because they're using it, right? You're not going to have faith. You're not going to have knowledge. You're not going to know the will of God, the way of God, the plan of God, the, the power of God until you get into the Word of God. The Bible has to have central place of authority. If you want to have a home that if you want to parent by faith, then the root of faith has to be the Word of God because faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. If we're going to be parents of faith, the Word of God must have a proper place in our homes. If you want your home to be a home of faith, the root of faith is the Word of God. Let's look secondly at the requirement of faith. Faith requires something of us. It always does. By faith, when he was born, verse 23 again, was hid three months by his parents. Now you would think... <laughs> that faith would be not hiding him. We're not going to hide him. We're just going to trust God, right? We're not going to go sneaking around about this thing. God's greater than that Pharaoh, so why hide? Just be bold about the thing. Now that sounds like the faith that I hear from some people. But the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. The prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. Are you saying, well, the prudent man obviously doesn't have any faith. He's, he sees the evil days and he hides himself? No. That, listen, they had faith, and by faith he was hidden for three months by his parents. The verse says, by faith they hid Moses. The root of faith is the word of God. The requirement of faith is the work of God. That means you've got to do something, right? Now, there are three things that seem, they seem similar but they're really very different. There's faith, there is fatalism, and then there's fanaticism. And a lot of people don't know the difference between the three things. By faith, Moses' parents did something. They did something reasonable. They did something logical. They did something the best that they could do. They did all they could do, and they did it by faith. You see, faith and reason will always converge. Faith does something. It, it, was, it, was, it was faith that worked. For the Bible tells us plainly in James, the second chapter, that faith without works is what? Dead. As somebody 
rightly put it, real faith is belief with legs on it. They did something about it. You know what fatalism says? Oh, well, whatever will be, will be. If God wants to deliver Moses, God can deliver little Moses. We're just trusting the Lord. We just leave him right out there in broad, open daylight. God can protect him. That's fatalism, right? That's not faith. Folks, that's presumption, right? That's not much different than what Satan did with Jesus during the wilderness temptations where he takes, the Bible says the devil took Jesus up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Because it's written, he shall give his angels charge over thee, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Look, if you're, if you're the son of God... You should be able to jump right off. The angels grab your arms. You float down to the ground. People are going to go, wow. Do it. What was Jesus' response? You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Right? You see, fatalism says, hey, we're not going to worry about what the king says. This is our baby. We want to sit out on the front porch and swing and let him cry. We're going to do that. Whatever God's going to do, God's going to do. That's not faith. That's presumption. Folks, Moses would have died because that kind of faith is not faith at all. It's presumption. God cannot bless it. The faith that God blesses is a faith that works. And then there's fanaticism. You know some people like this. There are other parents who are just the opposite. Now, they would have put Moses in the river. They wouldn't have put him in the reeds by the bank. They had no plans Well. Pharaoh's not going to be the one to throw him in. We're going to put him in the river. Build this basket, put him in. God, we just trust in you for the outcome. Keep, keep him free from alligator food. Don't let the crocodiles take him. Don't let him die of starvation or exposure. We're just going to trust that God, he's yours. That's fanaticism. There are people like that, right? There are people who are sick. They go to a doctor. The doctor says, take this medicine. And they say, well, you know what? Lord, the doctor said, take the medicine. But watch how much faith I have in you. And I'm not even going to take it. Know people like that? They refuse it. God doesn't teach us to do that. Right? With all of my heart, I believe God heals. And I believe that God can heal with medicine. I can believe God can heal without medicine. But I believe it is sheer presumption to ask God to do something for us that we're not even willing to help be done for ourselves. I mean, let me give you an example. The Bible tells us, Jesus said this. When you pray, say, give us this day our daily bread. Now that's true. God provides needs and it's okay to ask God about our needs. Amen? Give us this day our daily bread. But let me give you a counter passage, okay? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul said, If a man won't work, don't let him eat. I wish Washington would obey that. But I don't want to go there. I'd get sour. If a man won't work, neither let him be. Listen, yeah, God provide for my needs. Okay, get out of your recliner and go get a job. I'm going to provide for you. Get your hands dirty, right? That's what faith does. Yeah, you, you can say, well, I'll just trust God for my daily bread, and you're going to starve to death unless you don't get out and work. Between 
between fatalism and fanaticism is biblical faith. Biblical faith. It, it, it is belief in God. It is trust in God. It is looking to God. It is doing all that we humanly know to do and taking care of our children. By faith, Moses was hid. They didn't just sit around. They did everything humanly possible that they knew they could do. And after they did everything human po humanly possible, they did everything they could, they, they, everything they knew to do, after they had prayed, after they had done it by faith, then they, I mean, they, they committed it to God, and God somehow gave them some sort of peace in their hearts about what to do. I believe Jochebed had a wonderful God-inspired plan. She didn't just give up, say, well, I can't, can't hide him anymore. Here you go. Toss him out on the front porch. That's not what she did. She came up with a plan, right? What did she do? She made this ark of bulrushes, and then to keep the mosquitoes and the flies off them, she put a cover on it. And then she gets out in the river, and she navigates it up until she gets to this reed where she already knows the princess comes regularly to bathe. She comes with her maidens to a very special spot, and she parks that, not, not in the water, she puts it up on the bank surrounded by reeds. It's not going to float away with the current. And then she tells Miriam, you stand by and you watch. Keep an eye. Keep an eye on, on that little thing. And I believe this is all part of the plan. It was all part of it. She's doing what she can do and she committed it to God. Now that, that, that makes sense to me, right? I think that's the way it, it, it works, folks. The root of faith is living out the Word of God, but the requirement of faith is to do the work of God. And it was by faith that Moses was hid. They didn't just say, well, now we're just going to trust our children to God. They did something about it. They had a plan, and she did everything she could possibly do. Now let's look at, thirdly, the rest of faith. Because it says, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was this proper, beautiful, suitable child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. The rest of faith is that they trusted the will of God. They were not afraid of the king's command. I, I don't know, how would you have felt if you had been a, if you'd have been a slave in Egypt and the king had given a decree that every baby boy, brand newborn, should be killed, put yourself in that place just for a moment. You'd be climbing the walls. I mean, I guess we all would, except for one thing. They had the promise of God and they believed God. They said, Lord, we know your word. We know what you said to Abram. We've done all we can do. And now, Lord, we're resting in you. We're, we're not going to be afraid of the king's command. We're going to take him, go another step, and we're going to put him out there, and we're going to put him in a very safe place, in a place where the, the princess will come along, and she, she's trusting. Listen, she, she didn't put it where the Pharaoh takes a bath, right? She was, she was, she was counting on the compassionate, the compassion found inside a woman who would see that baby and hear it cry and go, oh, how cute little Hebrew thing, right? She knew what she was doing. What she did was reminiscent of the Apostle Paul's words to us. The Apostle Paul said this, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. You can do something in the evil day 
Do all you can to live by faith, to do and trust God. And when you get, when you get to that point, there's nothing more I can do. You just stand. Lord, it, it's up to you. Sink or swim, it's up to you. That's living by faith. Listen, times may be dark. But times are not as dark as they were for Amram and Jacobed. She had already had the decree. This little baby is born under a death sentence. But she trusted God, and I believe he did as well. She did all she could do, and she sat back. She said, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid of the king's command. The Pharaoh can do whatever he says he's going to do. This is the rest of faith. This is the, listen, this is the peace of God. This is the peace that only Jesus can give us. Amen? There are parents in this place this morning who are in desperate need of that peace. Maybe you're frantic about your children. Somebody once said this, there are only three classes of people in America, those who are afraid, those who don't know enough to be afraid, and those who trust the Lord. The reward of faith. What happened? She's resting in the Lord. She's done all she can. Now notice the reward of faith. Verse 24, by faith Moses... When he became of age, now it's no longer Jochebed and Aram's faith that it's talking about. Now whose faith is it? Moses' faith, right? You notice the change? By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. That tells me he was taught the Hebrew Scriptures by his mom and dad. They instilled in him faith in God. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. When his mother trusted God, when his dad as well trusted God, when these parents parented by faith, they did all they could do, they placed it in God's hands, God began to move heaven and earth to work things out for her. She's not in Hebrews 11 because she was Moses' mommy and, and daddy. They're not there because of their association with Moses. They are there because they are associated with biblical faith. Right? You don't hear, I think there's only two verses in the Old Testament that even mention Amram and Jochebed. And when it lists them, it lists them and the children that were born to them. Moses being one, Aaron being the other. We know about Moses and, and Aaron. We even know a little bit about Miriam in, in, in later years. There's a sign that Teresa has put in our home. It's a great quote. And that sign says this, Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Isn't that good? Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. That's why I say to the parents who were up here today, take seriously the vow you said we do about, take that seriously. Because who knows, but what that child you're raising may be the next Billy Graham, winning countless thousands to Christ. But listen, your faith, in Christ is going to impact them. Live it out. Live it out. 
Faith honors God and God honors faith. When he was a little boy, Moses had a mom and a daddy who said, we're going to trust God with our children. The root of faith, folks, read the Word of God. The requirement of faith, do the work of God. The rest of faith, just rest in the will of God. And the reward of faith is you're going to see the wonders of God. She never imagined what Moses would wind up doing and how he would be used by God greatly. And you don't know that either. So parent your children by faith and trust God with the results. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this time in your word. Father, we leave this place encouraged to live out our faith. Bless each mother and father, whether it's with little children or adult children, we can still impact and influence our kids. May you use them in a powerful way to influence the kingdom of God, to impact the kingdom of God. We love you. We commend it all into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good and godly week. God bless you.